You're listening to Westfall One-on-One. A podcast from the Keller Independent School District. Hello and welcome to the next episode of Westfall One-on-One. I'm actually here this time around at the end of a school year with Sandy Trout, principal of Indian Springs Middle School. So welcome to our podcast and thanks for joining us. It's a, it's a pretty celebratory opportunity for you to be on a podcast because the Big topic time. that we're talking about, right? So in my notes, I have that you have had a 43-year career Correct. in education. 19 of it has been in Keller ISD. Correct. That's amazing. Yeah, that, it is that's, amazing. That is, I mean, that's just the, the number of people you have influenced and had a positive impact on. I'm, I'm sure there's just a million stories to tell. But before we get into letting you talk a little bit about what kind of led you to, to Keller and, and led you to this point. So 19 years in Keller, what all campuses have you have you impacted? And I started doing? at Fossil Ridge, yeah. or as we called it, the Ridge. The, well, still. The Ridge. <laughs> Once a Panther, always a Panther, right? And there I was a health teacher and volleyball coach, softball coach, I think I did one year. Mm-hmm. And then I became an athletic coordinator, head volleyball coach. And then I became an assistant principal at the Ridge. Then I went to Trinity Springs to learn about the middle world and was there two years as assistant principal. Mm-hmm. And then came here to Indian Springs 11 years ago. And, and the unique and really kind of the fun part about this for me in the podcast is that we work together when I was at Keller High, so we worked together in the principal ranks together, and, we then, did. and now we're reunited in this role. So I, I just, it's been a blast um, working with you and, and working side by side as we've navigated these educational waters that we've been in, not just this year, but just in the last many years. So, so that was the 19 years you've had that experience in, in Keller, but obviously you had quite a few years prior to Keller. So why don't you just tell your story a little bit and let people get to know you? Okay, I am from Colorado. My parents uh, were farmers, so the only thing I've ever done is drive tractor and truck and taught and coached. That's, you know, a lot of people have other jobs. Sure. Um, If you need your bus backed up, I'm your girl. (laughs) (laughs) And so, uh, yeah, you know, so it's a kind of a interesting way to to grow up and and to be. I went to the University of Northern Colorado in Greeley, and I got my bachelor's there and then Several years later, went back and got my master's there. I really got hooked on sport, and I coached volleyball um, officially 28 years, 30 seasons of it. Had two years of club wow. seasons, yeah. And in that, I did high school volleyball 12 years in three different states. So four years in Kansas, four years in Colorado, four years here in Texas. And then I did 16 years of being a Division One, Division Two volleyball coach. Where? Yeah, I was at Texas Women's for 10 seasons, nine okay. and a half years-ish. And then I started volleyball at TCU, Texas Christian in Fort Worth. I teased them. You weren't even a school until I got you here. You began the volleyball program Started at TCU. it, yes. They didn't have it at all. So my first day, I... Is there a plaque? I mean, is there something oh, like... Oh, no. I mean, no. There... I mean, you... It's just all in my head, right? No, it's... <laughs> So the actual head coach, well, they're called director of volleyball now because mm-hmm. they have uh, sand volleyball, mm-hmm. is Jill Pate Kramer. She was my first scholarship athlete. So that's very cool. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a very awesome thing. Uh, TCU, my first day, because I was used to public ed and 
how you know it's so difficult to spend money and you don't have any money. Sure. And so then you know, and, and Texas Women's was similar because it's a public school, and so then I go to TCU and the first day I have a desk and a purple couch. That's it. I don't have anything else. <laughs> I spent ten thousand dollars on furniture and I was like, can I really order this? I mean, it was crazy. I can remember going to a a whack Western Athletic Conference That's meeting. Time, right. Yeah. They would left Southwest right. Conference to go to the WAC, right. and I'm in a volleyball meeting of all the volleyball coaches, and BYU and Hawaii, they're fighting over where the cheerleaders should be, right? I don't even have a volleyball. <laughs> I mean, I don't right. even have a ball yet. <laughs> that was crazy time. <laughs> so, yeah, we were, that was a crazy time, but an excellent time. Really my favorite coaching job I ever had. So Texas Women's is really my favorite teaching job. I got mm -hmm. to teach kinesiology and how to teach secondary methods um, to kids and, of course, coaching and volleyball. I mean, so the influence of, so now did you, did you teach when you were, you said you did teach in Kansas and Colorado and then Correct. Texas again. So when you were in Colorado, if you, if you grew up in Colorado, did, were you an avid skier? I mean, did you? It's such an odd thing because I've only been an avid it's skier. literally right there. Yeah. I mean. Uh, in Greeley, Colorado is like two hours from the slopes. Right. And, but I grew up, I said, as a farm kid, right? And so we didn't have money and so sure. I didn't yeah. go. And right. then as the early scholarships came out from the NCAA, there were some unwritten rules you couldn't get hurt. Because if you got hurt, that could not be a good thing. Right. So I was with that kind of that first class of women that got athletic scholarships. And so that was pretty cool. So I didn't start even going to ski until I came back. I taught in Kansas and then came back to Greeley, Colorado, which is where UNC is too. And so I would go to the mountains and ski, but I would not go if it was bad weather. <laughs> I mean, I was like, yuck. So, uh, so first class of women to get scholarships, was it just at that particular campus? Oh, like pretty much nationwide. I mean, there okay, was a few, so, okay, like, all right, all right. yeah. So first class of women for scholarships first. You started the TCU volleyball program. There's a lot of firsts that you have you're, you've been involved in, your stamp well, is on. even here, I think we were, Indian Springs was the first school to merge two schools together in Keller, correct? I believe so, turning it, going from a middle school, the 7-8 campus to the, Five, bringing six, seven, the intermediate in, in with. Yeah. So no, you're just a trailblazer by nature. Oh, I mean, I mean yeah, that's just right. your thing. I'm a real trailblazer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's how, that's how I'm interpreting this. Yeah. You know, the whole scholarship thing, that was such a blessing for me. Sure. Because I'd gotten academic scholarships, you know, to go to school, and then I was going to have to take out loans and right. that sort of thing. And so then my dad would tease me that I chose volleyball because it competes in the fall. <laughs> yep, can't come home and drive that truck. Dad, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Yeah. So, yeah, for me, that was such a, such a blessing for sure. me and the family, for sure. Obviously, you, you've had a lot of impact on, on students and staff, but... Over, over a 43-year career, I'm certain that there are stories of how staff or students have impacted you and, and your work and, and your life. So, I mean, do you have anything that just kind of pops to the top of your head about maybe how a student or, or staff member just really impacted your work and impacted how you do business? Kind of, you know, I was thinking about this question. It's kind yeah. of by phases of different places I was at. So, started teaching in Goodland, Kansas. Uh, the, cowgirls, cowboys, and there's a coach and she's just now moved back. Well, she was a kid at the time. Sure. Here's the other thing is I started when I was 22. So kids, I call them kids. That first class is turning 60 
in this gear. You don't need that it. Like, put, you don't a little need it, like, weird. Put ages on all. I know of them. it's a little I mean. bit weird, but <laughs> Nyla Wilson Millison, she had coached collegiate basketball for years, mm -hmm. and Linda Alfaro, who's down at Mansfield Summit, coaches now. Cindy and Cheryl Cooper were just some of the kids at that first stop. And they really taught me what it meant to, to be a team together. Mm. And we were very fortunate. We went to state every year and won a state championship together. But the thing about it was you win together, you lose together. And that was something I really needed to learn, you know, because I always said when we won, it was because of the kids. And when we lost, it was probably my fault. Sure. And right. so that was something that was, it was really impactful for me. Um, I, I think some of the places, uh, Texas Women's was really a place that uh, was difficult in the sense of I had to, you know, fundraise for my own scholarships. And that's probably been a reason why PTA does all <laughs> the fundraising for Eating Springs because I'm, I'm over it kind of thing. At TCU, starting from scratch, I mean, I had three scholarship athletes to start with and filled the team with walk-ons that first year. And I just sold it to them and said, hey, you're either in or out. You know, because you can't do lukewarm. Right. You know, you've got to be in. And so that was something that was fun from that group of kids just always saying, we're in. We're in. That's awesome. That sort of thing. And then the different other stops that, like uh, this one kid, Brittany Osterman, I can't remember her married name. She was at the Ridge and just a spark plug kind of kid, you know. Mm -hmm. And I wanted her to serve to a certain zone. And we'd just gotten lectured by Becky Spurlock and Bob DeYoung as coaches, you know, not to say inappropriate things like, you know, whatever. And so Brittany misses her serve and she's coming right out. And I go, you're killing me. Right. And I go, oh, no, wait, I can't say that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. And so, you know, you just you just remember those those little things like that. Um, there's a story here and I don't remember the young lady's name, but this was like two or three years ago. Mm -hmm. And fifth graders getting them all pumped up, going to take star tests on this little kid. It's in the morning of star. Mm -hmm. And she's tearing up. And I said, oh, what's going on? What's wrong? What can I get you? She goes, I I'm just so afraid that I'll disappoint you. I, I was like, oh, baby, you can never disappoint me. It's just a star test. It's just do your best you can. That taught me a lot right there. I went. Oh my gosh. Yeah, well, bo bottle that and we can, you know, have that conversation with those in Austin about yes, star testing, they, right? Yes, that's, that's the kind of thing. Yeah, so yeah. the kids and the people, uh, right. the lessons, Stephanie Speaks, who's up next door, right? right? She was here as an instructional coach and an AP and she really hammered that positive presumption sure. in me. Um, Brenda Reepkus, she's now principal over right. at BCI. I miss her laugh down the hall because yeah. you never know why she was going to laugh right whatever she laughs and it, easy. And it, it is somewhat discernible i mean yes I, yes I you can tell yeah but anyway she would always because we'd be in our meetings and i got to talk to a teacher or i got to talk to this parent whatever and i would go off how i'm going to talk and she'd go oh no sandy you can't say that <laughs> <laughs> i'm like okay i'll practice i'll make it politically correct nice so yeah i've i've just been so blessed i've had great people i've had great students some of them have become lifelong friends. Sure. It's been awesome. That's awesome. Let's shift gears a little bit to, to the bigger picture, I guess, of education. When, you, when you've been able to see not only education in Texas for 19, the last 19 years, but you, you, have, you saw what was going on in even different states in, in public ed. I know that higher ed's a different animal all, all in and of itself, but what are some of the big improvements that you've seen um, 
improvements forward that you've seen public ed take in your career in, in the K-12 world? Well, one of the things that, you know, I, I got my master's in special ed even in Colorado. Mm -hmm. So it was after I got my, you know, bachelor's and then taught and came back. And, and I was just enthralled with special kids. And it was the best thing ever for me yeah. because I learned how to, how to coach better, how to teach better. Mm -hmm. But all-inclusive, mm -hmm. so we're not inclusive yet. That's something I would talk about what we have to improve on. But just accepting kids for who they are and what they are and where they're at. And so that part's a big improvement. We've gone past the teacher-centered. You know, we're not doing that sure. anymore. We gotta get really past that, you right. know, and it should be learning how to be an instructional facilitator. And I tell my people, you're, you're doing the same thing. We first started this here. It's like, but you're teaching small groups at a time. You're not gonna get up there and be the sage on stage right. kind of thing. Right. And I, I think using technology more efficiently and better with the kids. It's no longer the $1,000 pencil right. that we used to bring the right. card out to That's get, right. that sort of thing. I think the more student choice we can do, we still have to do a lot better mm -hmm. in that regard. But that is something I think is really important. I think the most important thing that I've learned over the years is teaching kids how they learn. That's the most important thing, because mm. what was the, you know, the data a good 10, 12 years ago? You're going to change careers seven times. Right. So you've got to learn how to learn. You've got to adjust. And, and then work with your teachers also, you know, was that review positive or not positive? And a lot of our teachers do get a lot of feedback from our kids so we can make it a better environment for them. Um, you know, and, that's, and that, that's such a good point because it's, you know, the, I don't know if it's probably cliche at this point, but, you know, we're, we're training, we're trying to educate kids and train kids for something that probably doesn't even exist right now. Right. Like by the time they get out to the workforce, there's a good chance the work that they're going to do or the job they're going to have doesn't even currently exist, and yet we're expected to give them the tools to tackle a job that doesn't necessarily even, we don't even know about. Right. So it's that critical thinking piece, that problem-solving piece. How do you adjust on the fly? And, and, and I think that's the, the challenge that we have as educators. Because even though you, you've moved around, you are still in the core work of Correct. education. You know, well, even at Texas Women's, I was knee deep in it all. I, mean, right. I remember the career ladder, right. you know, and, you know, people would take grad classes that I got to teach. And, and so I was always big time into it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and, and in physical education, we're catching up to what Colorado was 35 years ago. But when I first saw it, I went, you could read this magazine to pass this cert. I was so angry, mm -hmm. you know, and I would tell kids, there's things you have to remember in life and your mm -hmm. fitness rules and what you're gonna do for yourself personally and everything you learn in health are probably gonna be the ones you need to remember. Right. You know, and of course, they, you know how kids are even today. You ready for your <laughs> test? And they look at you like, really? You know, so, but that's, yeah, it, the changes have been tremendous. And yeah. I think some of the most fun things is how kids critically think. Right. You know, I was in a fifth grade classroom. I think it was one of the first years we had fifth grade and we're in science and they have to come up with a level three costas, costa, question, right? And so they're reading this article about mm -hmm. solar energy and wind energy and stuff. And so these kids are making it a contest because they know that their questions are going to go to this little table over here. And these kids, they were like, oh, I got it. I got it. And they come up with the question. He goes, I can't answer it, but we'll give it to them. <laughs> you know, so that's the kind of stuff I right. just get such a right. kick out of, you know, because 
then it becomes, okay, what can we give the kids, and Ellen November is a big influence of that. Sure. What can we give kids that there's issues and challenges and problems in this? Find them and solve them instead of giving the kids the problems all the time. Right. You find what the issues are, now give me a solution. And the other thing I think is really important, and I've said it all along, is I'm not all knowing or anything. We right. can't do that. Right. And so we have to be willing as educators to have a kid come up to us and ask a question and go, you know, I don't know. Yeah, no, because, I mean, there isn't always a right answer. No. It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the path that you take trying to solve it is, is actually the more powerful piece. So that kind of segues a little bit into this year. <laughs> oh, baby. There has literally been no right answer this year <laughs> for, for just about anything we try to tackle. And so, so reflect a little bit on that. I mean, the things that, the things that we've learned, it, the, the positive things that we've learned that, that maybe we would have never been forced to learn, but we, we did, that you can now see education using going forward. I mean, what, what's been some of your experiences? Well, first of all, year? I'd like to thank our students and our kids. Yeah. Karen, who, one of our teachers, talked to me March-ish, and she'd read an article about this has been the toughest year for kids Absolutely. in the history of kids. Right. If you think it that way, right, right. You know, they've had to wear masks. They can't do things that are fun to learn. Mm -hmm. All the collaborative stuff. But some of the things I think has been really positive is having students help us make virtual or remote learning better. Sure. You know, yep. having the students tell us like it's easier if you post it this way on Google Classroom. As if you do it this way, it's harder for me to navigate, navigate right. you know, get around, that right. kind of thing. Right. So students just, you know, just saying, well, why do we have to do this? And I'll say, well, you know, because of the CDC and the, the and then with eighth graders, I go, you go look that up. I'll come back, you know, and they're like, wow, you're right. And it is smart. So this year's been like our teachers have been forced to have two dinner parties. One is a picnic, barbecue, grilling outdoors. Right. One is the formal in, inside, with servers, mm. the whole thing. That's a great analogy. At the same time. <laughs> at the same time. At, at the same time. And, so, and then they don't really have a kitchen right. that they're running between. Right. So, and then you're like, oh, wait a minute. Some of the people from outdoors want to come inside. Right. Inside people are like, why, why can't I talk to the people outdoors? So that is what we've asked our teachers to do and do it on the fly. And let's go one layer further. One of those events, whether it's the indoors or outdoors, they don't, they've never done before. Correct, yes. So add that into it. Right. <laughs> but some real positives that right. have come out is using learning management systems, yep. Google Classroom, yep. Canvas, whichever the choice is, right. and students turning work in. Mm -hmm. Our paper has been down. Our paper budget has been right. down. Right. You know, print clicks have been down. Right. And so there's, there's a lot of real positive to that. Some of the things that we have to go back and reteach is kids collaborating, kids talking to yeah, each other. Right. So, um, but I don't want us to go back to, I don't know, some of that is so boring. Well, and I, 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 I do think just in conversations that we've had with teachers that they have even said themselves, they've been forced to learn certain things that now they don't know how, <laughs> number one, how they ever did without it. Right. And now they can't ever even they couldn't see themselves doing it, going back the way they had done it before. Right. I mean, because they've seen, they've found the efficiencies in it. So, yeah, I mean, there, there's, it's been a year, but it, there's been a lot of positive things that can come out of it. A lot of positive. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so I don't know if you remember, but when, when you had first, or when I first found out that you were planning on retirement and you and I talked, 
I said something along the lines of just make sure you don't fail at retirement. I know, you made me feel old, Rick. I'm just saying, I didn't you want you to fail. That. I mean, <laughs> I know people who fail at retirement. They retire, but they don't, have, they don't, know, how to, they don't know how to retire well, right? right? No, you're, you have a really good point. So what are your plans for retirement? Well, first, I, you know, I tease people, full-time fun. That, That's my plan. Right. Um, you know, we have some trips planned. Uh -huh. And then the other thing is my mom is elderly in Colorado Springs right sure. now. Yep. And so want to go see her more. Right. Um, my niece and her children live in Littleton, Denver. Mm -hmm. And um, just to see the greats sure. grow up. Like, actually could go to a soccer game. Yeah. You I know? know, I just, yeah. The I'm freedom kinda, to do some things. Yeah, I'm really pumped about that. Um, got a new camper on the way. Uh-oh. That is so excessive. But anyway, <laughs> I never thought it'd be that person. And let me tell you, if you're into campers and that kind of uh -huh. RVing, uh -huh. uh, the trick is you go find the oldest person in the park to help you. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, because those guys They're like to the talk. Experience. They like to talk, right. and I like to listen. So right. they taught me a lot. So and just just have fun, just to go when I want to go and if I want to go. And I've really gotten into home projects in the last four or five years, mm -hmm. and I just get into them. And we come back to work. So there's several that so are. So there's stalled. a lot of projects that aren't quite finished. Oh, yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like uh, drip irrigation or micro irrigation. <laughs> it's like, oh, I got two pots done. Sorry, wait a year. You know, so yeah, those little things. But I intend to have fun. And you made a big impact on me with your comment to me about failing in retirement. I have no intention of doing that. Well, I hope it was like not a negative impact. No, but I, mean, I just, I mean, I went, <laughs> oh my gosh, she's probably right. You know, and I thought of people immediately who uh -huh. immediately they retire and then it's like they just fade away. I'm going to have fun. Good. So you said you're planning on going certain places. Like what's your number one place that you're going to be able to go to that you really haven't had a chance to get to yet? Um, I haven't really like toured New England much. Yeah, right. In my life, I've gone where volleyball is big. Sure. So I haven't been to New England very much. Really want to do that. Um, Fell in love with Italy, but mm -hmm. I was only there a week. Right. And the Europe is a whole right. fascinating thing to me. I see us going there a lot. Well, and, and like even if you wanted to go to New England right now on, on your current schedule, you wouldn't be able to go when you really need to go, which is in the fall. Correct. You know, now you can just head on up there with your camper. That's right. But I can tell you that when I first <laughs> became an assistant principal and principal, I, I wouldn't work Labor Day because we're off, right? Sure. Well, if you're a volleyball coach and you're a farm mm, kid, mm. I thought Labor Day meant to labor. Right. <laughs> so right. I was like, whoa. It's not a break from labor. Yeah, and that was the other thing. It's like I got to see college football, and and this summer I'll actually get to watch a lot of the Olympics. So, I, you know, I'm a very basic person, but I can make fun out of anything. And that's which, fun. by the way, that's what I would encourage for every teacher. Make it as fun as you can. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So... Every year we get brand new teachers coming in. You know, there's teachers right now who are, we have kids right now in our own system who are, are working on, do I want to be in it, you know, do I want to go into education? We've got those programs going through where they're, you know, we're kind of growing our own. What, what would your advice be to, to as you call them kids, <laughs> um, to the kids who are wanting to go into the education field or are heading to the education field? What would be your advice? My, my first thing would be, do you really enjoy people? Do you really enjoy? <laughs> that's a, and you know, you that's think a fantastic that's a, yeah, you think filter. that's a given, yes. but it's not. There's a talent. Right. There's a talent to teaching and it's a talent for kids. And uh -huh. I can't teach that. Right. I mean, I can help with your skills. I can help with your knowledge, but that innate 
that I enjoy. If you don't like kids, you probably shouldn't be in education. Yeah, you probably that, shouldn't. Kind of a, I'm thinking you probably yeah. should choose something else. <laughs> the other thing is that um, you may never get rich, but money's totally overrated. Hmm. And that the richness that you'll get will be from the people and the kids themselves. I mean, I can remember sitting in a class and just monitoring our kids, and I'm like, well, I wonder what that kid's going to grow up to be. And they, nine out of ten, grow up to be great things, so great careers. And so you have to have that people thing. And if you don't, I don't think you should do it. And I said, secondly, I think it's really important that you understand that it is not an eight-hour day. You're looking 10, 12-hour days mm -hmm. during the school year, mm -hmm. and you'll learn your patterns and learn when you can work. And like our teachers, I know when they put the kids to bed, and then they come back, and you see the emails popping up. Yep. Yeah. And the other thing I think is really important is you have to want to collaborate. If you're a person that wants to go solo, I don't think education's for you. Mm -hmm. Because you have to be a team player, you have to be willing to collaborate, you have to be willing to work with each other. Teaching's too hard. That's a great point. You cannot absolutely. do it alone. Yeah. You have to depend on the people around you. And, and the other is, I think it's really important to take yourself out of it. It is all about them. It's all about the kids. What, what about the kids? Here it's kids first, kids first. As an admin team, we say, okay, what's best for the students? Mm -hmm. Then what's best for the teacher? Mm -hmm. And we tell the teachers, if the students, we have to do this for kids, but it's mm -hmm. not really best for you, guess who's winning? Mm -hmm. And if they know that from the beginning, and I've always said, I'm willing to do whatever form you need to do. I'll stay up another 20 minutes to complete something if it helps a child get referred to SPED or get this accommodation sure. or whatever. And I think that's, if, if people can just say, yeah, I enjoy kids, I enjoy mm -hmm. people, and I'm willing to look at what's best for them and not myself, you're gonna love it. It's almost like you defined your why just then. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> so obviously this year we have um, retirees as we do every year. And so you're kind of, this is your graduating class, we'll call it that. There's a graduating class of retirees that are going out in the 2021 uh, class of educators and to their next thing. So what would, what would you want to say to them if they were, if you were standing up in front of all of them right now, heading off into the sunset? I would say, let's go have fun, right. and the best is yet to come. Absolutely, and it, you know, as I've expressed to you, Sandy, my, my thanks to you and all the work that you've done for our retirees and the and the work that they've put into education, the work they've put into this year, um, specifically, but just education in general, and the impact they've made on kids has just been tremendous, and and. Um, thank you for your work. You've made a lasting impact on a lot of people, including me. Well, thank you. Um, and and you know, you, you made the point earlier about the um, the long-term relationships you have mm -hmm. with staff and even with a lot of your students. And I think that's probably the coolest part about this, even for people who are still in the in the profession. You know, those students that you had 15, 20 years ago, and and they still reach out to you and say, hey, here's here's a little story or or share. A, a photo of a family with with you. I mean, it just it's a it's not a career that that's, there's not very many careers that are replicated in that kind of way. So it's it's definitely a it as I like to tell people definitely puts a dent in the in the world. And we've you've made a positive dent in the world for sure. Well, thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. You bet. You bet. And to all those that know uh, someone who's retiring out of education. Give them a high five, and when it's okay, give them a hug because things are things are going going better, and they've done tremendous work. And just make sure you know that they see your appreciation. Um, educators, 
make a difference in this world and that's what we need to continue to make sure we're demonstrating to them. So thanks for joining us. Uh, have a great summer and we'll see you later. You've been listening to Westfall One-on-One, a podcast from the Keller Independent School District. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Keller ISD, or visit our website at www.kellerisd.net. Thanks for listening.